shit for niggas, man. So I be hating, yeah. man. I can't stand a fucking white ass nigga. Wanna use your lines all ahead of time before you even get a chance to shine on your own shit. Niggas, nah, niggas be killing me though, son, because you know, they be telling me coming with your words and shit. They hear you say one word, but here they come with the word. Trying to flip it and bounce it and shit on some bullshit. Not sounding like first of all and shit. You know what I'm saying? Boom. But then you got niggas, son, on the real. You know what I'm saying? Niggas, 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 niggas biting off your album cover and shit. Boom, bad enough, they biting lines like niggas killed me when they came with some knock. Niggas bit off a nine shit. You know what I'm saying? Well, niggas, 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 niggas call this little album cover bulls and I did a nod to that shit. I'm like, damn, what the fuck, man? It's like these happy go lucky niggas that when they get on, man, they wanna pop a little, a little champagne. Like I said, you know what I'm saying? Every few, every time you see him, you know what I'm saying? Like, for me, man, you're yeah, gonna man. play that role, man. Play it. It's like it. this, man, niggas, man. Niggas you know not to fuck around with this shit. Bro. I don't give a fuck. I'm nasty. Nah, nigga, son. Let me tell these niggas something, God. I don't want niggas sound like me. On no album, you know what I'm saying? For real, because I'm gonna approach a nigga, man. For real, man. I don't want nobody sound like me, man. For real, son. No yeah. bad enough, nigga. I don't want nobody sound like nobody for my clan, man. Keep it real. Get your own shit, man. And be original. Yeah. That's yeah. all, man. You're you going you to come out your own. Whatever how you're going to yeah. take it, man. Fuck it. What is up, everybody? This is the Bodega Board Crew Podcast, Volume 29. I know it's been a little bit since the last episode, um, but I kind of don't want to put out an episode that I just don't feel good about and I'm mailing in. So I've taken a little pause, regrouped a little bit, uh, stacking some interviews and um, some other things that we're going to do. Also changing the format around a little bit and um, this episode's going to be a segue into that. Uh, but yeah, how have you guys been doing? I know it's uh, been the same old, same old out there. I've had a couple of fun sessions recently, um, at Topanga. I think it was like the first session I actually felt push from a wave, I have to say. We've had really shitty swell, but there was one day last week that I went out there with my homegirl Jacqueline and there was a good vibe in the, in the lineup and we had waves that were actually pushing. Uh, it was so much fun to log on, uh waist chest high uh waves that were coming in that had great shape uh been doing the pier a lot and uh had a little trip down south uh for a couple days for my birthday uh some of you guys came out there um mike siordia uh morgan sliff uh christian uh stutzman uh jacqueline a couple other people so we got we got to surf sano and um and doheny which was a lot of fun but my big question is, have you guys been scoring? I know where you guys are located, whether it be SoCal, Hawaii. Uh, I heard there was a lot of good stuff happening in Florida recently. Um, so I'd love to hear from you guys. I know I've been getting video clips from my friends out in the North Shore. Lonnie's has been firing and blowing up. Um, it's so funny how a spot like Lonnie's, which a lot of people consider like a beginner intermediate spot on the North Shore, has over the last couple of months really lit up. I know it was my favorite place to surf the last time I was there. Uh, had so much fun and it's amazing to see that like how much it's blowing up um, in terms of wave shape. I never, I always kind of looked at it as kind of like eh, I really don't want to go there but I've been seeing a lot of videos to make it look a lot of fun. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Board Crew Podcast. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page 
uh, bodegaborderclub.podbean.com, as well as the full uh, episode description on your iTunes player, where we list uh, tracks. Uh, we have links uh, pertaining to things we're talking about and pertaining to things we're talking to people with. And this episode, we have an interview with Scott Anderson. Scott Anderson is a shaper who's been very instrumental in the uh, Los Angeles uh, skate community, uh, building boards for years. Uh, he runs Aquatech, uh, which any one of you have had your boards repaired there, fixed there, or your boards might have actually come from there. So we have a little short interview with him, and hope you guys enjoy that one. I'm also going to do a little piece on surf festivals because we're in the middle of surf festival season, especially when it comes to logging. Um, just things I've noticed, things that I think can improve uh, in them, uh, things that I think are already good. Um, so I'm going to go over that as well. And we're always going to wrap it up with some short takes. Uh, this week we have some short takes having to do with Mike D of the Beastie Boys, uh, the Surf Relic announcing its dates and location, um, some videos uh, popping up from Dan's surf videos from North Shore uh, featuring uh, Emmerich. Uh, Ishikawa, uh, and also Waves for Water event that we're promoting with a uh, partner that uh, is going to come on board in the next couple of episodes, uh, potentially as a sponsor. So I just wanted to get into that. Um, but you guys might have noticed I'm starting this episode off with something a little different. And um, the reason I'm doing that is I got to call someone out there right now. And I'm not going to call them by name. I think you guys know who they are. But they're basically another podcaster who got wind of something that we were working on with one of our guests. And they jumped on it immediately uh, before we had a chance to produce the content. And I'm sorry I'm going to call you out there for being like a sucker. And for not being able to like stand on your own and ripping off an, an idea um, just because you had the ability to. So the beginning of this show and this next track are dated, dedicated to you. And you know who you are. And uh, just remember, karma's a bitch and uh, the crew's coming after you. So uh, let's get into the tracks. Hope you guys enjoy. And I'll check in with you guys in a little bit. Peace. Yo, there's a dozen ways to die. Six million ways to do it. Let's go through it. My mind's flow like fluid. Torture, chop your legs off, thrown off the boat. Nigga, one chop to the throat Suffocation Saran rap in your face Buried alive Throw a few nails in the case Man slaughter Eight degrees of separation Leave your body chopped yeah. up in the peace That's mutilation Six million ways to die Cyanide in your drink Catch a Cuban necktie for your mate Dharma style Cut up and stuffed in the fridge Or maybe washed up ashore Found under the bridge Hit him with the whip Drag him half a block Machete or the sock full of padlocks Chainsaw, switch your medication Stomp a nigga out till he runs with the pavement Torture, he's cruelly beating at the meeting Suspicions of him being a rat Even worse than cheating A cold reading of ice picks, bats and sticks And close fists, brass knuckles, steel toe kicks Crack ribs, punch your lungs, hard breathing He's gasping and weeps for air His breath he can't catch He clenches the shirt on his chest In a dying effort to reveal his last will Before he was killed 
First things first, I chop your head, then your fingertips. Put your knife your torso, chop up your ligaments. Make sure it's legitimate, conceal all my fingerprints. Chop, chop your body up quick, then get rid of it. A hole in the desert, body bag, just do the ditch and miss. Was a snitch too? Shotgun killed the bitch, leave it in the wilderness. Suffocated, scarred up, your brother one or two. Blow his fucking car up. A homicide city, murder mystery, officially delete your fucking history. Pro bone, missing teeth, pro bone, the smithereens, brains on a triple beam, all tops and chopped up. My buckets are Mr. Clean, claw rocks and bristle steam, and sterilize the whole scene. Photograph your death so I can spread it to your whole team. I won't leave a trace of evidence for the case. It's sinister to finish it. Hit with the man with no face. Red wine and pink pill. Unknowingly that this would be his last meal Comfort boys made the feel Six is the little heel Kept his refills filled Titties like the gas Kept him still for the real deal Hitman from Brooklyn Tommy gun specialist And one accomplice Sip Kavasi at the bar Then waited till she lit a cigar Then sprayed his shattered wine glass He laid, he never saw it coming Murder one, bullets rip fast through the flesh I cocked the sword or shot He put a hole in your chest Blow your lungs out I see you been smoking for years You got no heart, a hundred you down like Kate Fair. Push the brains out the back of your head, blow off your hands. Leave your body in a dumpster, head in a trash can. Shell catching the scene, look clean as a whistle. Ghost car through your skin tissue to the bone gristle. Try to snap the fat cable. I step back like it wasn't no thing. Punched him in the jaw with the faco ring. I had an ace in the hole when it came to that. Yo, P, you was packing. You know I was strapped. The posse kept rolling, it was hard to get with them. So I stepped back and I bumped my late dinner. They kept coming just like I figured. So I stepped back and started spraying niggas. What a way to go out, out like a sucker. But I'm on track like a long iron chinger. Duck a head on the missing. Suckers who be dissing. Always on my dock like a snake, always hissing. Rabbit and tackling me at Luther Van Jones. Take me to the bar for the drink and make a toast. Giving best whistle to the best of C. The E, the D, the O, B, L, E, O, B, L, E. Because I'm housing. Because I'm housing. Because I'm housing. Coon at a party, no better your disco. Head filling mellow from a bottle of Cisco. Move, 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 move. To crush a fry sucker, empty like Crisco. Every chance I get. I try to kill, that's one less sucker, New Jack, who tried to act ill. I keep the place jumping till the party's through, whether it's disco, hardcore, or rhythm and blues. Take off your coat, why don't you stay a while? Check out the voice that is smooth and miles. Like Wheel of Fortune, we roll for big money. Come co rock the party and leave with your honey. Give me the cue, check one, two. Don't try to come off on me, because you do this. Because you see me the E double E, like a stepchild. Well, let me tell you, homeboy, you're looking foul. MC. You know who you are On the bandwagon YP Cause you a star This is the year that when the jokers are wild When the fag can hack and try to bite the style I get a hip to the scheme Before it happens, if it gets wild Then I'll start capping, but for now Since everything's calm We'll link to the matter as I drop the farm As I proceed to rock The girls are clocking, some brothers act hard But the rest are jocking because I'm house Because I'm house Because I'm house Because I'm house because I'm house, 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 I'm
come all strong like a bodybuilder cast a spell upon a sucker like witch matilda deliver a rhyme like federal express my tension not the dish but impress all ladies and gents who money was spent to see the ep double emg yes the main event in concert not worry about ooze and booze because we do work to make your body jerk to make your girl want to leave your man start the fight with the p double emd double em i'm not skeezing but pleasing all party goers also behind showers who like to not fast a slow flow of rhyme that form in my dome out the mouth to the microphone because i'm on the house because I'm housing. 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 There's more, there's more, Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. Now I'ma start collecting props, connecting plots, networking like a conference. Cause the nonsense is yet to stop. Jake, shake me down, haters wanna take me down, break me down, clap. All they heard was a sound. Yo, I scoped it out. I took your weak dream and choked it out. Your bitch don't really got no ass. She just poked it out on the D Lo. I'm saying you versus me, yo. We can do this shit right here. In front of your people, see time is money, kid. And BS walks. And to me, it's funny, kid, when you meet heads talk. I see Fed Star. They wanna dig up the dirt, son. Is it me they hawk? Cause I be putting it work. Gonna son. be on tit up. That's all my eyes can see. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly. I've been laying, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stonewalled. Blackballed, I own y'all. The veteran, running my plan. I'm the better man. Crazy raw, doing my job like the mob. Blazing y'all and disappearing in the fog or a mist. And chicks can't resist what I kick. They be begging for attention on some more of the deals, Nick. Word up, baby. Someone may have to get hurt up, baby. Shit is mad shady, but I got to get the grave. Platinum respect like the force of attack Keep you hitting the deck Feeling heat in your chest Banging your thoughts with the hot onslaught A kid got shot on the spot for going where he should not Viciously, I make history instantly Those other lame ass loser ass niggas They can't fuck with me I'm doing my thing now to lamp later on Paid the shit with some fly gators on But now I'm grimy as they get Mud on my pants and shirt I bet you niggas out here know I be putting it work I'm gonna be on Twitter That's all my eyes can see Victory is mine Yeah, surprisingly I've been laying Waiting for your next mistake I put in work And watch my status escalate
MCs getting G's, never wore BVDs or even bell bottom leaves. Please, with these fantasies, about you selling keys when you know you bees in front of TVs eating grilled cheese. On your knees, you know my steez. Chris is nice with these and my C's. I'm poison like BVDs. The plot thickens when I be hitting the lyric licking. Flipping any mixing over the skipping and cable clipping. Still sickening, even though some people ain't admitting. Through they system, I keep it kicking and tipping the scale. I pay tuition, not bail. Drink water, not L. My MC hammer hits it right on the nail. I can't fail with my seven strikes. Strike one pierces the lung. Over drums, MCs become dumb like um. Then numb by the tongue over the bass drum. I am DMC like run, spreading lyrics for fun. And for a sum of the breadcrumbs you missed when you swung, I connected ho hum. Another one done. Underestimating KRS one. Yeah, son. If you really want true skill, say blah. If you want the hip hop to build, say blah. We rock it all year round. You better cool that F out before we go up in your mouth. It's just begun, uh, 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 to bubble. KRS one, uh, uh, spells trouble. On the mic, uh, 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 there is no double. I emerge from under the rubble. Time for true poetic construction, audio abduction, showbiz production for whack lyric reduction and fly rhyme instruction. Keep the body hopping, keep the DJ bugging from the orthodox non Xerox hip hop chatterbox that was dope first. Crack out the box with Scott LaRock. My MCs are washed up like sweat socks. KRS One makes your head not black. If you wanna hear true skill, say black. If you want the hip hop to feel, say black. I'll be rocking all year.
full bling when she fell from the seesaw. But I'm, wait, my course isn't over. Flat out of the other side of my head towards a red ring rover. Then I ricochet fast pass above his ass. You damn what that nigga say? Aw, oh, fuck it. Next target's Margaret's face. And I struck it. Now it's a flood of blood and circumference to a face. And an abundance and brains all over the street. Shame how we had to meet. Dash and buck and greet my fucking family. They follow behind me in an orderly fashion. Bashing through flesh and wild. Crashing through the doors. I project hallways to the freckle for the tiles. I'm coming for you, little girl. Once inside, I shatter your world. Swirl. No more dreams, no hopes when I spray. You better pray to the Pope or the Vatican before I go right again. I'm mad again, brother. Somebody's mother will be sad again. But whose blue skies will turn gray from the attack of the Mac 11? I'm a stray bullet. I'm the slumptious lasher, a bush deliver faster. Blood pours, now it's up to the master boom. As they crash open the doors, fake me, my prey in the operating room. The body still consumes me. Doc had to remove me. Mm, Lord, why do they use me? I'm taking individual for keep hops. I peep the cops in the ghetto, busting shots, the props. And when I hit shit, soon you forget me, nuts. Cops try to explain to his pops what I've done. I'm flip of the hollow tipper, and I'm not the one. And as a human, I'm the surprising one. Rich boy, I flow the ripper. Either way, you never ever know how I'm coming. Metamorphosizing, rising in turbulence. Condensed into a bullet bullet. Now I'm making moves with no sympathizing. Uh, so take a hit, nigga. Sprint. Onto the scenario. I'm at a party with, oh, a lot of honeys playing. The DJs playing the fudge fudge flow. Five niggas come up in the club for a Another struck, here comes Mr. Straight Bullet. Fouled the tip, getting my jollies from the screams and the rip. In your chest, then I flip. Nip your liver, blood flowing like a river. Money starts to shiver, then I give a delivery of burns. Bruises, fake shoes, and you're in a sauce. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you guys enjoyed those tracks. Uh, put in a little KRS-One, a little Ghostface, a little um, Organized Confusion. Organized Confusion is kind of one of those hip-hop groups that goes under the radar. Most people know their uh, single stress, but they put out a lot of good tracks, and that was one of them that I love. I also love the fact that they used um, the same sample from Donald Byrd that Black Moon used. Uh, for me, that sample is one of the most definitive sounds of that mid-90s hip-hop sound that was going on in New York City. That jazz with the hi-hat and the punchy drum and the, the little bit of boom bap. 
um, because it was something that everybody loved rhyming over on uh, on freestyle shows all the time. And so I think I wanted to put that organized confusion track in there just to give a little nod to that era as well. But let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 29. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com or or the full description on your iTunes player uh, where we have track listings, links to things that we're talking about and links pertaining to things that we're talking to people with. Um, so in this case, we're talking to Scott Anderson. Scott Anderson, if you don't know uh, Anderson Surfboards here in uh, Los Angeles, uh, makes some of the best boards out there if you go to malibu at any point in time you'll probably see tons of uh their boards uh, they make the brothers marshall model as well as the josh Fabreau model um, and a bunch of other logs uh i know for me i've gotten to know his shop aquatech because i used to drop my boards off there to be fixed i also used to have one of their uh logs and i have to say it's probably the most perfect log to surf all the breaks from Hermosa to County Line, if you want a law an all-purpose log, so definitely check them out. But here, Scott and I talk about the, his history growing up in Santa Monica and Dogtown, uh, and all that kind of stuff at his shop. And I hope you guys enjoy. Um, so, how did you first get into surfing, and where? Uh, Santa Monica, down at uh, Bay Street. Uh-huh. I don't even remember what age we were, but I mean, we, you know, we'd go down to the beach, body surfing, boogie boarding, and then I think about 11 or 12, we started branching out into the surfing. Okay, cool. And uh, I think probably early 70s, picked up a used surfboard somewhere, uh-huh. trucked down on the bus, uh-huh. number eight all the way to Ocean Park, and <laughs> then skateboarded down to Bay Street and started surfing down there. Oh, cool. And who were some of the people you kind of grew up with surfing there when you were younger? Uh, people that I surfed back there was like Dave Hutchison, uh, Nilo Arabelle, um, my cousins, just a bunch of people. Just We'd all trek down to Bay Street. and Kind of have a little crew there. Oh, so, yeah. yeah. You know, we're all, you know, nobody could drive yet. Everybody, we were all taking buses and meeting up and hanging uh-huh. out there all day long. And like no one knew what you guys were up to. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, was it kind of rough back then? There. I never noticed anything rough. It seemed like it was all great back then. Uh-huh. You know? I mean, being a you know kid, out you know you leave at dawn and you come home just be, you know as the sun is going down, hanging at the beach all day long. What could be better than that? Yeah, no complaints. Uh, who were some of the first people that took you under their wing? Kind of showed you the way. You know. We, you know, we skated back in the day, and all the, all the guys from like Dogtown and Jay Adams and Alvas and all those guys were older than us, and we'd see them uh-huh. at pools and stuff. But uh-huh. they were all much older, so we'd get kicked out. And we'd have to wait <laughs> till they were done. And, but we'd see them down at the beaches and surfing and stuff. And you know, the Chris Cahills and those kind of guys we sort of looked up to because they were already in the surfboard industry. Yeah. They were building boards and Skip and Jeff and those kind of guys who uh, we looked up to. It took me a while to meet them all. Uh-huh. But, uh... Were they pretty open about just, like, taking people in and stuff? No. No, not at all. 
<laughs> you had to earn your your way. But wasn't that almost better in a way? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It's fine. You know, it's it's things were different back then. You yeah. know, you sort of had to pay your dues, be out there all the time. You know, the Randy Wrights. You know, we uh -huh. we were in later on in high school. We got into surf class, and people like Randy Wright was there. You know, tough breakwater local. Yeah. But, you know, somebody we all looked up to, and really, still to this day, when he surfs, he's still one of the best surfers out there. Uh, does he mostly surf breakwater? Uh, no, he he's sort of up at sunset now. He doesn't surf much. Huh. But uh, I hear every once in a while he's out there, and people go, man, he's still killing it. Well, if you have it, you have it, right? Like, yeah. that's what it comes down to, right? And like, he's always had it. I know that from, like, the, the skateboarding world, because that's where I come from. So, like, I have a lot of my friends who are, like, in their 40s, pro skaters still, and it's like, they could not skate for, like, a year and they step on and the they board. get back on it and it's like, it's like you know, yeah. me i'm gonna break a wrist or something yeah, first time yeah <laughs> it's not gonna work how were you introduced to um shaping you know I, there's this guy dave hutchison he was the one who sort of got me into it he had stripped the foam off an old board he had in his garage and i was like intrigued like what are you doing uh-huh you know and he had pulled all this glass off and he goes we're gonna make a board out of it yeah. and i was like what how exactly gonna do this so I watched him, you know, pull it apart. We tried to figure it out. We got resin and glass, and first one was absolutely horrible. So it just <laughs> like became like everybody's. <laughs> yeah, it became a pool toy that you'd you'd run and jump on in his pool. Just was always in his pool. Next time we came over here to ET and bought a blank uh -huh. and mapped it out a little bit better and bought better materials. Started from scratch. And that one turned out a little bit better, you know, and just progressed from there. Now, in that era, like you mentioned, buying a blank from E.T., were, like, shops selling, like, blanks, like, easily? E.T. was the place. Okay, like, okay. if you needed materials, they sell, sold gallons of resin, yards oh, of okay. cloth, fins. Oh. They sold all the fin rope. They sold everything over there. Okay. There was no place really else that would sell the materials. There was Hastings and Santa Monica, but they didn't have the real good resin, or uh -huh. they didn't have the real good glass. Uh -huh. And it was always cheaper over here at ET. Eddie would always beat anybody's price, so we would truck all the way down here to get a better price. Now, were a lot of people like home making boards at that point? I think so. Just reason being, why do you think that was? It was just back then. You know, economy was tough back in the '70s. It uh -huh. was a recession. Things were tough, and you know, kids didn't have a lot of money. So instead of going out and buying a brand new uh -huh. board, you just make your own or do your own repairs. You know, right. Do you think it was better that, in a sense, the, the boards were better shaped for these local breaks because you guys were making them yourselves? You know, back then, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> it was just, you know, that whatever we were making was like, man, that board worked good. And, you know, you look back at it now and go, what a piece of junk. <laughs> but they got better over time, and they, you know, progressed to where, yes, they worked better at locally than someplace else, you know. Right. Now, did you? Where, when do you think there was a spark that you kind of saw this as like going from making boards for yourself to making boards for other people? Um, that was just sort of a a entrepreneurial jump I made when I was in high school. I was just like, you know, people would come up and said, "Hey, could you make me one?" I was like, "Hey, could I? If I can make a buck doing this, sure." Yeah. So we had a little shaping room, glassing room with a garage, and I started, you know, building boards in there. And where was that in Santa Monica? Uh, Mar Vista. And Mar Vista. And uh, at my mom's house, and we, I just made a little room in the garage and started building boards in there, and uh, doing through high school. And then once I got out of high school, I started to go to SMC, 
my mom was like, you know, our garage is getting destroyed. Do you think that maybe <laughs> you could branch out and get a job somewhere? Uh-huh. And you know, and while I was going to SMC, I got a job at Natural Progression. Oh, okay. And that's where I met Chris Cahill, Skip, Jeff, uh-huh. Randy Carranza, my first partner, and Lance Carson, Dean Edwards, and all these guys who were making professional boards. Uh-huh versus the little backyarder guy, right. you know, and learned how to really make a surfboard. Cam- Sammy Kamek and all the guys who were over there. Scott Daly was the polisher, you know, met a lot of people over there. Now, what did you, when you were working for them, what did you, what, what did they have you do at first? Uh, I think my first job was hot coating. Okay. Then I went to polishing. Then I went to ding repair. Uh-huh. I was running the ding repair thing, and then... Uh, From there, I started shaping a few boards again. Okay. And I think it was about 84, the first year of the Olympics, I got an opportunity to go to Brazil. Oh, wow. I went down there for three, four months, hung out down there, and started making surfboards down there. What kind of boards were you making down there? Um, pretty much shortboard, performance shortboards. Uh-huh. That was the thing of the... Thrusters. Thrusters. Uh that 80 style you know wild airbrushes yeah <laughs> <laughs> a lot of color on yeah. there as much color as you could throw on yeah. foam if they wanted exactly yeah. and was and when you were when you came back um what was kind of was it the same thing was it performance boards that were being yeah and that towards the end of the 80s we started getting into like performance longboards. Okay. You know, 8.0, high-performance, asymmetrical, uh-huh. fun boards that were really, you know, mini longboards, but you could turn them off the tail. and Tri-fin setup, like a 2 plus 1 setup? All tri-fin setups. And what what was the re- is that just the trend of the surfing at the time? Just something different. Okay. You know, we were making, you know, I would work with Skip at uh, Net Progression, and he was, he owned Santa Monica Airlines. Right. So we started branching out and making longboard skateboards and, you know, weird flexi skateboards uh, and all kinds of weird stuff like that. And it was sort of crossing over to everything. Right, right. Um, now with you guys, when you started, when you started making the, the high pro uh, longboards and stuff, when did you see it start going to more of this kind of like bringing back the traditional logging to it? Um, there was always sort of that fringe area of that and people were like looking at the old stuff and bringing it back look at this old board I wrote you know that I found this in my garage uh-huh. I cleaned it up and I've been riding it for the last couple years and this thing's amazing we got to make something like that you so know and it was like that, yeah. wow what a trip and you know there's guys out there were just you know Josh he always found that traditional style logs uh-huh. as a real interesting point of his surfing and it's like, man, we got to make something like this or get something with a, a, you know, I could step up to the mid point and I could sort of roll the bottom and get it to go rail to rail from the middle of the board instead of having to stop, stop all the way back to yeah. the tail and turn it from there and just started branching out, flattening how, rockers out. Is that how that relationship with Josh February started? I don't remember exactly how we got together with Josh, but I was making boards and I was introduced to him years and years ago and it's been going along ever since and you have a couple models you've made for him yeah, yeah we do the Farborough 1 and the Farborough 2 
one's like more of a beach breaky and one's more of a like point yeah. breaky kind of shape. Um, and you've worked with a lot of people, um, you know, throughout, um, including like the Marshall Brothers. How did that come out? About how'd you meet those guys? I think just through the Malibu crowd, and uh-huh. you know, those guys have been around for a long time. So did they come to you, or did it just when they wanted to do stuff, or was it? I think we just met over years and started, you know, playing around with stuff. And uh-huh. it's another one. I don't remember exactly. It's been a long time since yeah, yeah. you know, and you know, working with Chad and Tracy both. Yeah, because trying that, out crazy stuff over the years. Because that model is like the model like I always think of like seeing when you go surf like Sunset or. Uh, first point, it's like thirty-five percent of them are like oh, yeah. that board. They're, they're, I used to have one. <laughs> a, it's, it's a really good all-around nose rider. Yeah, and it's it's uh, for me. I found it to be great nose rider. Turns off the tail, turns off the mid a bit good yeah. too. It's kind of like a good. I think it was like the best entry point log for me, and I always recommend it to people. I'm like, look, if you want entry point log, um, the one I had. Um, I, I know you saw it on, on Instagram, but uh, Sean Thompson actually rode mine That's in the cool. class, which is kind of awesome. Uh, and now it's in uh, Wisconsin. Uh, that was a weird one. I was trying to figure out. I saw that the weird color the design we did on yeah. that, and I was like trying to figure out what we did that for, who we did it for. I bought it from from their shop at, in Venice. Oh, the Mullis shop. Yeah, yeah. Huh, was it new? Yeah, when I bought it, it was brand new. Yeah, okay, I bought it, it was maybe... just a stalker, but it was an interesting color on that, and I was like, wow. Yeah, because it's, it's almost like that acid wash looking. Yeah. Like so, it was like this like like more intense blue underneath, and then over it, it's like that opaque like light blue. And, and then it's all sanded and layers. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. I, I always call like the acid wash look. I want like some of my new boards to be like that. Like I'm like, oh, it's kind of it's, fun. It's a bit of a work, you know. And that's why I was like, that doesn't look like a stalker. Well, the beauty of it too is like when you get dings on it. Yeah, you don't see them. No, it's like when I sold it to the guy, like, I mean, I told him what happened to it. I'm like, yeah, this got finned at Malibu once, and he's like, you can't tell. I'm like, that's the beauty of this. That's true. Never thought of that one. Um, Who are some of the, like, newer people that you're working with in in terms of, like, making boards for them? You know, I just work with a lot of, you know, the same old crowd, Malibu heads and... um, New kids coming up. There's this kid Austin from Malibu, really good, you know, up and comer. Uh, um, there's a lot of, you know, the same old people we're still working with, and made a couple boards for Hawk, um, Jeff Hackman. Oh, okay, cool. This summer and his son, they came over here and we made them some boards and played around with some designs with them and just, you know, a lot of the old, a lot of the old 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 now I know, like the one thing that's interesting about all the like the boards that you guys that you do, it's the range. It's a huge yeah. range from fishes to blah blah. blah. Um, what what got you? What made you want to do that? Is that more of just kind of like covering all bases? You know, I just like to keep it changing. You know, I, I like to do. I don't like to get stuck in one rut. You know, uh-huh. like for a long time when we first started out, it was all. You know, high performance shore ports, they're all 6 1, 18 and 3 quarter, 2 and an 8. Yeah. And you're doing the squash or a pintail or a swallowtail. Uh huh. And it just gets boring after a while. You, you know, it doesn't, you know, make you want to just, okay, we're going to innovate, you know, a 16th of an inch yeah. more rocker in the tail, or we're going to take that flip out of the nose. And by, you know, changing it up every day, everything's diff- always different. So I still enjoy coming to work every day. You're never versus bored. I'm not bored, you know. 
What do you think? What's the new the, the stuff that you've been working on lately that you kind of vibe on the most that you're really excited about? You no, know, playing along with that like that flex tail in there. I like that kind of craftsmanship where you got to foil things out and add uh -huh. extra glass. It's a lot more work, but it's more intriguing. Like it's it's more of a challenge uh -huh. to do that kind of stuff. Um, You've been doing those edge boards. The edge boards also, we're doing a lot of that, playing around with combos of single fins, two plus one, quad fins. People are saying, well, you can't do this, or you can't do that. Okay, well, let's figure out why. Oh, that's You know, like, oh, it's, it's, it's too driving, it doesn't turn. Okay, so we move the fins up and make the fins a little smaller, and all of a sudden the board comes alive, and it's turning, it has all the drive, and you know, okay, give me a challenge and tell me that that doesn't work or you can't do that. Okay, cool. So you're gonna, it's almost like you want to prove them wrong. Yeah, know? or you know, just make figure out how to do it. Yeah. You know? how, what what made you want to bring those edge boards back? It was actually Kirk Putnam and Mark Andrini had gone over to talk to uh, Greeno and Kirk was talking to him too about the edge boards and he went over and spent some time and he bring me all the designs back that they had worked on and all the templates and stuff and said this is the way he was doing it and I was like well let's figure this out and see if we can come up with something that's in that game plan be a little bit more unique towards our designs right so is that what the ape thing is yeah Anderson Putnam engineering yeah because um, I've been seeing those pop up a lot on on uh, Instagram and I've been seeing them people ride them at a lot of point breaks up in like yeah. northern LA County they really got a lot of drive yeah I've been I've been wanting to I'm like I think it's like one of the as when my wife gets me off the board embargo, um, it's probably one of the. Uh, <laughs> I've been that like she's like, there's six boards in the house, so you gotta yeah. chill out. <laughs> you I, know. Know, like, I know. I'm like, sweetie, this is what it yeah. is. Um, Could be like some people who have them all made the same color, so. See that's no. what's no, but see that's what someone was telling me. They're like, oh, you could just do that. Like she's gonna not know the difference. The problem is my wife serves. Yeah. So she's not. She could look at a board and be like, no, this one's a 7-4 and this one's yeah. a 7-0. Like, yeah. I'm not well, stupid. Well, this thing's a 5-10 fish and that's a 9-footer. Yeah, she, she's like, eh, yeah, kind of thing. Um, what, do you think, um, what do you think is the main principle behind the edge boards that's interesting? It's just they've got a lot of speed and a lot of drive. Uh -huh. and, it, and, it's, and it's, you know, when they take off, they have a pump them and they just accelerate really nice. So out of turns, they kind of like go faster a bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's I, like the reverse hull effect. Yeah, you know the holaholics guy. Those guys like them because it's it's in that it's like the reverse of the hull. Yeah, so that's why they get. And that's the them. beauty of the hulls is you have that rail and that speed and that drive down the line. This is just the reverse of it. Oh, that's an interesting way to look at it. Because I've been riding like one of the boards I have is like an eight zero hull V bottom, kind of a, a it's almost like a copy of a, like a McTavish. Um, uh, Chris Christensen made it down for uh, icons, um, and I've ridden some of the edge boards. I've tried them, and they're—it's true—they kind of like, they're, it's kind of like a mirror effect, yeah. In a way, kind of thing. But both made for like points, like yeah. totally surf points and stuff. Um, now you've uh, some of the younger guys that you, you you're helping out is uh, someone like Beck Adler. Um, yeah. How important for you is it to get those kind of people like associated with your product? You know, I, I'm not really a real big, huge shortboard guy, mm -hmm. but I enjoy doing that kind of stuff still. I still try and keep current on that. I have people like Ricky Massey, Red Dog from Santa Monica, and the, uh, Eve Bright, Beck Adler, and uh, 
Wesley Santos down mm -hmm. in Brazil and try to keep current on that too that just keeps me in tune with everything mm -hmm. you know so you don't lose that edge and is that something that's helped you like promote your brand in a way that you uh, I think I get more promotion out of my retro longboard stuff yeah. I just enjoy it you know still doing that kind of stuff. Now is that what you're mostly selling? Is like the retro longboarding yeah. kind of stuff? That's your bread and butter in a way? Yeah, I'd say that. Um, because that's the stuff that like I'm kind of the most familiar with. Like like I said, like the yeah. boards and stuff. And, and, and uh, Well, like with it, uh, with uh, Beck's boards, we just made them another quiver. And, you know, they're stringerless, EPS, carbon fiber, you know, ribs down the center. And High pro. All, all that kind of stuff. So yeah. it's, it's a total different thing than a, a heavyweight traditional log yeah. with volan glass and tint yeah. and, <laughs> you know three stringers and you know it's a whole different ballpark well it's funny because i saw him today surfing and it's funny to see it like like a shortboard so small to me like it's kind of a trip like, I was like and those are st those are a little bit bigger than his last one. Oh, really? we went up a couple inches and a little bit fuller <laughs> i was like this he, thing is yeah. like like he was like that we were talking and he was next to me at the lineup i was like <laughs> what is, that thing is like nothing like, and, like and he's actually getting a little bit bigger yeah you know he's starting to grow so he's at that age he's right? starting to yeah starting to sprout and his boards are going to start sprouting a little bigger i mean i think he's he's pretty amazing and i think he's definitely going to be like a standout yeah um now a lot of people get to see your boards through um instagram and social media and stuff what effect has that had on your business do you think you know, I think it, it helps. I mean, we've been doing it for a couple of years now, and I get people who see that stuff, and, you know, some people, you know, sometimes you don't get a lot of likes, but then you'll get somebody who calls you on the phone and goes, hey, I'm really interested in that board. Could you show me some pictures of the bottom? Or, could, you know, I'm really interested in getting something like that. And it's like, okay, so you're not always sure which uh -huh. one they like, or they just like it because it had something to do with somebody or this or that. And then, then you know, other hand, people are looking for something. They see that, and it's free advertising and it's almost better than like what you'd get on your website you think? yeah because a website you got to change it all the time and mm -hmm. okay let's take all the pictures down let's put the new pictures up and let's do this and do that and yeah it's you know it's easier to instagram here's something new for the day yeah boom, boom, boom. i don't have free to change photos. the website i yeah. have to get the web guy down here okay let's reshoot all the photos of what i'm supposed to be doing right now when you're making a lot of these boards, are you mostly just making them per shop orders, or are you... Usually are customs. Okay. Some are stalkers. You know, we're starting to do some stalkers or try out new colors and combos. Like, we got the trade show coming up. That uh, board show, whatever. That board show in May. Uh-huh. So we're starting to make some boards for that. Um, trying to come up with new color combos and ideas. And oh, cool. Yeah, because I know, I know my familiarity with it is from the Instagram thing and the fact that, like, at Mollusk, like, they always had your boards and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is, like, great to see. Um, what would you like to see happen in handcrafted surfboards that hasn't happened yet in the industry? You know, I'd, I'd like them to get more recognition for the handshape versus, the you know, the pop-outs and stuff that everybody's so blown away by but it's it's the way the surf industry is going right now it's going to be very difficult with all the you know the retailers that most of the retailers that are all consignment boards you know they'll have a hundred consignment boards from the kelly slaters or the you know the, 
the chilies or the this or the that. You know, they're just packing the stores with the consignment stuff. And it's, you know, it's going to be very difficult to, to give the hand-shaped guys props in those stores because they're getting squeezed out of the stores. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we could just keep the stoke with the handshape going, it would be nice. I don't think we're going to get any more recognition out of that over the future because the industry's going in a different direction. The industry's going way more mass, you think? Yeah. Yeah. But I do think there's, like, you know, when you talk about people that are... and. Granted, the people that are into the traditional is a small portion yeah. of the market. It's not big. You know, as much as, like, I'm a part of it, like, I'm tiny. But I, I think the, the advantage is we, we're return customers. Yeah. Like, in a sense of, like, I'm not just going to buy one log. Like, I'm going to probably buy a log, like, once every, like, year and a half. Yeah. Kind of thing. And and probably other boards, you know. And I'm not going to buy, like, a firewater board. Like, yeah. I have no, no interest in that. So I think maybe that's where... And there's, there's a... There's definitely... There's... A market for that you know there's there's customers just like they are with the soft dogs what's yeah. the number one board sales <laughs> in the world <laughs> is wavestorm <laughs> yeah and it's you know people get into them they ride them and i've over the years you know hundreds of people i've been riding a wavestorm i know don't tell me but i'm ready to move up to a real board you know it's okay yes yeah, so as, as they make that transition it's you know hopefully they come looking for a you know hand-shaped board well, see, well, that comes, I think, doesn't that come down to, like, really educating that, like, public consumer? Yeah. I mean, but when they go to do all their lessons and stuff, they're all doing them on the wave storms. No, but, I mean, to your point, I think it's great that they start off on a wave storm and then they come to you and they're yeah. like, but I'm saying that 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 point, like, fine, start on a wave storm. Yeah. But there being some kind of culture around them that's kind of like, okay, this is fine to start on this, but when you want to yeah. get a real board, instead of going to a Jax, like, and buying, like, a, some board that your favorite pro that you watch yeah. you're not ready for that yeah and a I, lot I, of times people are sold on that because it's just you know hey we got to make our quota and we got to move some of this product here so we're going to sell you that you know yeah a 6'6 240 pound guy a 6'2 short board yeah you know mm, probably wasn't a good idea yeah and they're going to be bummed on surfing and they're yeah. not going to come back and they're not going to buy product and they're mm. not going to buy wax at your store and you don't want that you want people stoked every time they go in the water yeah make it easy for them uh, kind of thing. Um, now, you, you talk a little bit about, like, you know, uh, growing up in Santa Monica and stuff. Um, you guys moved from basically Marina del Rey slash Venice to yeah. here, like, what, over the last year or so? Yeah, we've been there 29 years, and uh, Oof. they <laughs> tore the building down for condos. As, as Development. It, as it usually goes. Yeah. What do you miss about the old Venice slash Santa Monica? You know, it's just, it's changed a lot. The, the development and the people that have come in and, you know, the Snapchat world, you know, changing everything. It used to be, like I said, you know, like you asked me, was it dangerous down there? No, it wasn't. It was just just friends and family and people you knew. And sure, there was crazy stuff going on, but there's always crazy stuff everywhere. But I miss the, you know, the old Venice Santa Monica, the way it was. And, you know, it's never going to be the same again. Right. Because it's been changed so much this last couple of years but you know it is hopefully it mellows out a little uh-huh. as every cycle of every you know business goes up and the development goes out of control well, maybe it'll come back a little you know well, people start moving to another location and not saying hey venice and santa monica is where we all have to live yeah well the good thing is 100 people got fired from snapchat so <laughs> it's only 100 people what about the other 10,000 that they're you know move there uh, what do you think is actually if there's anything good about what's happened to Venice now 
you know, I don't know. I mean, there's there's, there's positiveness about everything. You just got to look at it that way. And the beaches got more and more crowded. That's a that's a bummer. But yeah. you know, I don't know. It's just it's just change. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of people that are moving away just can't do it anymore. They're just like, I can't be here anymore. I got to move away. But isn't it, you know, that's what's so funny about the, the for me, the, the, the biggest crime of gentrification is the whole reason people want to move to an area is because someone made it cool, right? Yeah. So, like, the people who were there were cool. And then all these people move in there, and because of them moving in there, they're pushing out what made it cool. Yeah. So that by that time, when they've actually set roots it, it yeah. fucking sucks. Yeah. I mean, I come from Brooklyn, New York, so, like, yeah. I get it. Like, I saw, I was born and raised there I saw it happen firsthand I'm like oh, yeah. okay when you push the artists out and all the craftsmen and all the craftspeople and the fringe businesses that's the reason you move there and yeah. you basically caused this to be well, whack like where we were in Marina Del Rey they called it the Marina Art District and I was like when we moved here 29 years ago <laughs> it was all little artisan shops and galleries and framing places and cabinet shops and auto body and this and that well, now it's just condos. Yeah. Why would you call it the art? It should be the Marina Condo no, District. Because yeah. all the artists and artisans are gone. Yeah. There was nothing left there. It's like on Redwood, there's a, a few little shops over there, but they're gone. Everything's gone. Yeah. I mean, that it sucks. It happens. I mean, it's, like, I'll be honest, it's one of the primary move, reasons we moved here five years ago is because we saw it happen in our own neighborhood. And we yeah. were just like, can't do it anymore uh, kind of thing. Um, but I guess it's just the, the wave of the future. Now here where you are, um, here in Hermosa, or is this Hermosa? Virginia? Yeah, this is Hermosa. Hermosa. There's a bunch of shaping bays and stuff around here. Yeah, this is that, actually the old, the old Greg Knoll factory. Oh, it is? Yeah. This oh. whole this whole side, this whole building here was built by Greg, Greg Knoll's mom, uh -huh. or their family. Used to blow foam there. Oh, one wow. shop was gluing up stringers, one was shaping, color, glass yeah, and the front building at the end there uh, was the retail store from the end there was they blew the foam to the retail store at that so end. the whole cycle basically was this whole block which is kind of interesting to see that. we did some remodeling here last year we had to uh, pull permits and uh we had to get signed off by the greg Knoll family trust really yeah oh wow do they they own it still or yeah they still own it oh interesting yeah this is 50 years of surfboard building so in a way, you're, the, the heritage just keep, keeps going and keeps going? Yeah. Kind They've of got uh, Pat Ryan over here uh -huh. with his uh, uh, computer shaping machine uh -huh. next door to him. He's got Hap Jacobs. Oh, right there. Yeah, he's over here. He was just here a little while ago. He was shaping today. See? Around the corner, they got uh, Becker and the guys. There are, what, what street is that over there? Uh, Cypress. Cypress, yeah. Where, like, uh, Jose and those guys yeah. are. Yeah. So everything's kind of, it's kind of cool in a way though. It's like coming back to where. Well, this is sort of like we were over there. So we had a dirt parking lot yeah. over there and over here is, <laughs> it's a pavement. Now it's like a little bit nicer. Right? Yeah. It's a little bit of a step up. The only bummer is I got to drive. Uh, where do you live now? I'm over at Mar Vista still. Oh, okay. So yeah, that was an easy commute before. Yeah. I mean, even me, like I'm in Playa, like to come here, I was like, ah, it's yeah, I know. Just... But you get a lot of like, now, um, like kind of like foot traffic and stuff. Uh, if you could surf any place in the world, the one place that is your favorite place to surf, and why? You know, I really like the Uluwatu. Um, but I, I'm scared to go back there. It just seems like it, it's yeah, it's changed so much since I was there in, in the early 90s. 
Oh, I can imagine. Um, Tavarua was nice. I'd like to go back to Peru again. I don't think Peru's changed that much. No, no, no. It's still it's still what it is. Um, I heard the surf there is really fun. It's really fun. Yeah. When I was there in the 80s, it was big, warm water. It was, it, you know, it was during a civil war. They had some shining path terrorists taking over everything, but the people were so nice and welcoming you into their home and everything was cool during the daytime you just had to be weary at night yeah just basically when the sun goes down get inside get inside yeah you know the military would be on the streets and oh wow that's kind of crazy but it was great surf there yeah i've heard an that. uncrowded surf yeah but that's that's what everybody that's the holy grail right yeah uncrowded yeah which is kind of hard to find this world i mean you go anywhere it's kind of yeah, there's a lot of other places to look and see, you know. I'd like to surf a lot of other spots around the world. Do you get to surf much now? I do, you know. I, I, you know, not as much as I should. Where do you mostly... You know, Venice Pier. Local. <laughs> local spots. Yeah, yeah. Breakwater. Uh, Pier's fun, though. I think I had fun. I mean, I was there today. I go there a little bit. I'm more of like a Topanga, Venice Pier, Porto kind of there's been no surf yeah no it's been a horrible a like long whole year. long dry spell here oh yeah but it's been it's been everywhere in the pacific like i went to we went to oahu for the season in november and it was either like flat or it was just storming yeah. like there was no in between there's nothing rideable like okay it's big but it's like 25 be- feet and yeah. like like 20 knot winds like what are you gonna yeah. you can't even like paddle out and stuff like that and here it's just been like tiny and messy and are the same thing, you know, yeah. a wind, big stormy wind swell shows up and then by the next morning it's gone. Yeah. I mean, it's almost like surfing on the East Coast. Like I tell everybody, I'm like, I'm basically surfing. They've had a down. better winter than us. Yeah, I know. All my friends out in New York are like, dude, we're scoring. Yeah. <laughs> um, is there anybody you'd like to thank as we wrap it up? Um, shout out to? You know, I just all my friends and people I've built boards with and just, it's it really is a good community. Mm-hmm. Good friends, good people I've met along the way. The Dean Edwards, the Chris Cahills, the Lance Carsons, Pat Ryans. You know, all the people that, you know, built boards with around the world and stuff. Just, it is really a good community. It is a, that's why I keep doing it, you know. And I enjoy still have it. a passion for it. Yeah. Yeah, even after all these years. If there's one piece of advice that you give to anybody who wants to get into this line of work, what would you say? You know, just keep trying. You know, just keep working at it. Keep, you know, it's not really that hard to get into there. See, a lot more small guys nowadays getting into it, you mm-hmm. know, and just got to keep plugging away. The best thing to do is, if you can, is get in and, and work with other professionals. Like when I got, you know, there's not a lot of shops out there anymore, but if you can get in and work with other professionals and learn the best ways or at least give you a better guidance mm-hmm. on how to get that end result on your product it's a lot easier well yeah you want you want to be mentored right you don't want to just like kind of jump into it like you have a lot of these people who are shaping and they're just jumping you know a YouTube lot of people video. nowadays see things on the internet yeah and it's just okay there it is but when you're actually working with people mm-hmm. and you have problems and somebody shows you how to fix that and, and eliminate that the next time or how mm-hmm. to make that the right way the first time versus just watching videos, you know, if you get in there and work with them. I want to thank Scott for sitting down with us and uh, taking some time out to talk to us about his experience and what he's done in the surf community here in Los Angeles. 
Uh, Scott's boards are amazing. Uh, make sure to check out their Instagram account. Uh, you can see what they're up, what they're up to. The thing that I find most interesting is that he's never bored and he's working on all sorts of new stuff. For instance, the edge boards and all that stuff that him and Kurt Putnam are bringing back from Greeno and putting a new spin on it is something I'm really excited about. It's the mid lengths I think I'm going to probably make my next step to uh, because everything that they say they do is stuff that I'm into. Um, so I definitely suggest uh, checking it out. I also think it's really cool where uh, the new Aquatech shop is uh, because it's right, it's in the old Knoll building, the Greg Knoll Surfboards building. And Scott was telling me how basically from one side of the building to the end, how the full production process went from scraping foam all the way to uh, retail sales. And seeing that there's something still in that soul of that building happening makes me really happy. It's just another example of the culture staying alive, especially here in Los Angeles. If you have a chance, definitely go and check out the shaping base there. Um, I know you need appointments sometimes, but they do have special events and you can see how board, your boards are being made. And again, it's a good way for you to connect with local shapers like Scott Anderson, like Chris Hall, uh, like some of the other people there on Cyprus uh, who are doing great work and where you can basically tell them exactly how you surf exactly the breaks you're surfing, the type of things you want to be doing, and they'll make a board for you pretty much at a fraction of the cost that you would normally get off the rack, and it's going to be personalized to you. And I think that's something that in our culture gets neglected too much. I think we're too easy to be like, hey, let's just take this off the rack because it's convenient. Um, and then, you know, be frustrated as as the you work the board to be like, oh, it doesn't turn well. It doesn't do this for me. It doesn't do that for me. And that's because, you know, not all boards are made for all people. So again, local shapers, I'm going to be one of the biggest proponents of supporting that uh, for so many reasons, not just to keep the culture alive, but to really benefit you. But enough of my babble about shaping and all that. Uh, let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 29. Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full uh, iTunes description for track listings, links to things we're talking about, uh, links to things we're talking to people about. Um, but without further ado, I'm going to get into some tracks, and then I'm going to check in with you guys in a little bit about my feelings on uh, logging and surf festivals that have been going on. So see you in a little bit. Get away and also kept the J 
jazz alive by pulling off the plates. Maybe only we was hip to stretching out the brain. I felt like Bird Parker when I shot it in my vein. I taught these major losses on a Mingus jazzy strum. Flip off into a nod and dig myself a dying young. It's like cool was the bop and the flare. I kicked it to my pools by the nap of the hair. I'm pinning Uncle Sam for the death of swinging quotes. But losing butt power sliding over Dizzy's notes. Was it that the rebirth was the birth? A new shit, a cool shit. The jazz power shower shows the crew is sure legit. But hey, presence gone. Hank Moe's gone. They kill the coolest breeze in this land of the free. And it been like that since they lied about they flag. Like all my main mans gave they beats up for scag. So I pops it at your crew like boo. I did a lid, but I use these cooker. Got my buzz around me. I'm sunshine, y'all. I'm hip to bad, y'all. From six to six years. And now within two, I spent the trim, y'all. And things are fake now. Smooth like this way. Puma's out, butter got my butter got paid. Already yet, Dolphy's all tight, so cool dudes. I better still train, using space and Afro blue. It's simple, swing beat a freaking at a time. The spinning by the kings, good for speaking of the mind. The 47 sessions gave the buzzes that I caught. They asked me, was it cool blues knowledge? What you thought? I told them it was solid. Dig, the licks was way out. My baby loves to kiss when I net just lays out. So the quotes be as such about the kiss. Uh. You down with diggable planet, use a hipster. Shit. I lay it on the cats about month. The logical extensions coming booming out that trunk. Assuming that the rumor which is zooms designed by your mind, not the stars and stripes. But red Cali booms and the rat tat tat by Max and Billy Joe. On we go. The fly shit, sure. We don't quit, sure. The slick beats here and it's out there. A smooth groove, kid. The job is high, y'all. We ain't Mark Shaw. Okay, pound me up. Turn your nose from the smell. Like Stanley on Friday, saying we should stay off the grass. As 
as if the lines you sniff is more healthy. The losers of prestige is not where the health be. B, you need to get it together. But nah, here comes you. Part Frank Drebin, part Mr. Magoo. Stay stepping in the trouble. Oh, so sadity when you're repping for your bubble. But bubbles can get popped. Exposed to reality. Watch the words you drop. It's not enough salary to cover the check for your behind the cash. People can see you coming like 9-11 ash. Toxic to your last days. And with your shady maneuvers, no one will include you in ass stage. You hold your royal highness of sex. They stay a hundred miles from running because your nose needs plumbing. Like you got one eye on top of your third. A star's born, but who's claiming that birthright? At first sight, you the well-dressed park-ass sachet. Acclimated to the scent of your own tail. The bullshit, the same bull that raised. When the buck stops, you'll be walking on clouds. But that's a smoke machine. <coughs> so your De Niro's can't buy bliss. Your high fist and turn into you flipping the bird. And every man under your wing. You build your nest egg, but you a small rock. Forgotten, you can get robbed of your fame. Out like pelicans, you relish in the fact that you stand feet from stardom. You bargain astonishing antiques of this modern way of living. So tight and not a half size forgiven. You taking the piss, you got a butler in the duplex. The two Texan on God won't protect you. Can't stay in them white gloves for too long, Mr. Handyman. Canaries don't chirp in your candy land. Get the motherfucking pigeons a hug. And then you stroll through the valley of door. There won't be no duds here. Rappers play the dumb. dumb. Kinda on the space tipper when they hear the jam. jam. They be on the deals, Nick. Now I'm not fucking rock. rock. I know the territory. Go ahead and try. try. That's a different story. Similar to Grim. Grim. I can tell a better one. All about a kid, kid. who couldn't rap and didn't run. Stands, Stands on, the on the side. Where the mic is getting done. Resorts to begging Billy. Billy. Asking could he have some. No, never ever. ever. Go back and try again, man. If you come back, back. I'll be the I'm first to shake your hand. Competition's good. good. It brings out the vital parts. The abstract poetic edit majors in recital arts do it for the kids kids the elders and the rap peers we know the job is done done when we hear a lot of cheers gotta feel the vibe vibe word for my creation if the hands clap clap I'm filled with elation here i am ghetto full with a lot of steam think i gotta i think i gotta i think i gotta scream because that's how good it feels child let your head down so we could get buck wild do your ill dance go think about the next man we must have unity and think of the bigger plan the vision we will form we must stick together, see, I like to take this time, time. To say what's up to Cool G, the name is Q-Tip The Midnight Marauder, give enough respects to Africa, Africa Bambada. Bambada As a man in the world, I must do my job Take care of Mama do. I won't resort to Rob Bob, you get your dough, Mace is my witness Obsessed with the rap, rap, but it's the mental fitness Like
like shooting CeeLo And always hitting head cracks, the industry is luck, luck Winning with the fake raps, beats to the tunes, tunes pump the real hip-hop Not selling out, from hard rock to disc jock I don't know what to say, but here I go freaking If the papes come, then you know I'll seek it I'm just a short brother Dark skin face, weigh a buck fifty, thirty six waist. Hair is crazy curly, foot like Mr. Furley. To this day, I still believe that no MC can serve me. Others try to front, but everybody know. I get more props than the Arsenio Hall, so party animal I was. But now I chill at home. All I do is write rhymes, eat, drink, shit, and bone. Find my thrill in Amityville. I'm always in the island, fudging lucky, know the time. They know who keeps me smiling. Go out on my own, something that I gotta do. Do what the hell I want and have no one to listen to. I'm prompt with my business and I do things on the double. Yo, I'm out like Buster Douglas. I say peace to MC Trouble. Rest in peace. Word up, rest in peace. You know what else? We got, we got, we got the vibe. All the people in Long Island, we got the vibe. Brooklyn and Queens, we got the vibe. Uptown and Nairo, we got the vibe. Or upstate, we got the vibe. If you're in D.C., you got the vibe. Maryland, Virginia, Carolina, vibe. Out west, we got the vibe. Bahamas, we got the vibe. Over in Europe, you know what? We got the vibe. We got the vibe. It goes on. Of rap, I'm a fan. I've seen a whole lot of slums. Good with the girls. I get a whole lot of bottom fat to skinny. Frida to Winnie, Emma to Cindy, Constance to Wendy, cause I be real friendly, never on the snotty side, I don't brag to brothers, about the little place I got, my vocal styles can vary, the sight is never scary, it's only legendary, my father well prepared me, my job is temporary, I'm here for the long shot, better yet the long term, I don't have a firm, in a way I do, call them the permanaps, I'm crazy slap happy and I'm scrappy and I'm happy, when I get the mic in my hand with the crowd in the stand, it's as good as grand, like, grand that. like that. Y'all wanna say peace and dedicate this joint to MC Trouble and to uh, Trouble T. Roy and to um, Scott LaRock and to um, Cowboy. You know what I'm saying? This is for the slain rappers and the fallen rappers. You know what I'm saying? This is a special, 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 special dedication. And also to my pops and also to Vinny as well. You know what I'm saying? You just gotta keep it happy and keep the vibes going. Because this is vibes and stuff. And we out.
sells classical music. Peace to the pioneers, but I gotta try and clear my throat. Check out what I wrote. You can't tap into this unless you know the roots. Word shoot. Like life absolute, for real. So now you got to know the deal. For lounging, lounging, just lounging. Mellow out, and just lounging. Lounging, lounging. Mellow out, check it out. And lounging, lounging. Brooklyn where I live Realistic, kind of mystic When I kick this, you should witness The slickness of the horn player And the dope rhyme sayer Quite emotional and inspirational Philosophical and yes, very logical Teaching you the method for lounging Everybody knows they have times When they want to just lay back, kick their feet up You know, listen to some good music And just lounge That's right Welcome back to the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 29. Hope you guys have been liking the tracks. Uh, trying to mix in a little jazzy-inspired stuff, a little Diggable Planets, a little De La Soul, a little Tribe Called Quest. Uh, just figured coming out of that Donald Bird track, it was only appropriate that we do that. Uh, but anyway, a little housekeeping. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Uh, make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full uh, episode description for track listings and links to things we're talking about. And what I want to talk about today is logging festivals and surf festivals in general. 
right now we're in the midst of the start of all the logging festivals. So we've had the Byron Bay Festival, we've had the Noosa Heads Festival, uh, Mexi Log Fest is coming up. Uh, you know, obviously down the road we have the Hot Dogger Championship and uh, a couple of other things that are popping up, the Single Fin Mingle in New Zealand, which are all really great things to help build the logging and surfing culture in general. And there's a couple of things that they do well and there's a couple of things they do bad. And this is just my opinion on them. You know, for me, I think the ones that are very successful are the ones that have, that are multi-day. And the reason why I feel that is that there's a couple of reasons. One, it gives a reason for the people, such as the competitors and the participants to fly down or travel to somewhere. If you only want, are traveling someplace for a one day event, the lore of it and you know, the hassle that you might have to even, you know, go anywhere between driving two hours to getting on a flight for eight hours, you're kind of not inclined to really do it. If all it is is one day from morning to like, you know, early evening. But if it's a multi-day event, it makes it worth it. The other thing too is putting on multi-day events, which I've seen happen, what you can do is you can really incorporate a lot of different elements that are associated with the surf culture. You know, it's not just about the surfing happening in the water, but it's the surfing happening in the shaping base. It's the surfing happening digitally. It's the surf surfing happening with the families. It's the surfing happening with the local businesses, you know? And I think that gives it a big opportunity being multi-day. If, if you have it just as a single day, you're trying to cram a lot of stuff in and it doesn't make it accessible to people. I think the other thing that's I've noticed that really is important, and this is more of a modern era thing, is really using social media. And not just, you know, a week out of the event or a month out of the event, but the whole year long to really build up the excitement, you know. You look at something like uh, the Hot Dogger Championship, you know, they're really good at keeping their Instagram account going, keeping everything up to date, you know as much as possible, as much as they know, trying to get people interested. The same thing with the Mexi Log Fest. Like the one thing I love about the Mexi Log Fest is watching their Instagram stories. You know, they actually posted, you know, their event isn't until April, uh, like a month away, and they posted heat times and who's, who's in the heat. And I think that's really awesome. You know, that's like using social media to really promote it. The other thing too, is to get with social media, get the athletes and the personalities that are in surfing involved to promote it. You know, if you get someone that you're into, you know, I'll give you an example. If you get someone like a Devin Howard, who's going to be at a surf festival and you get them to promote it. If you never heard of that surf festival, you're going to hear about it now because you follow Devin Howard. And I think there needs to be more of that consciousness put into it uh, because it helps people that aren't in the know, you know, and after all these surf festivals are really trying to like accommodate to customers, if you will. They're trying to accommodate the people that are in the know, that are in the scene. It's supposed to be celebrating them, but it's also to bring in new people the right way. Um, one of the things I'd like to see more of is getting local shapers involved. You know, the local shapers are shaping sleds for the waves that these events are happening at. And I'd love to see some more involvement in that, whether it's an opportunity for them to showcase their, their goods or whether they give away prizes, you know, associated with them. I know last year, for instance, the Bandits was a local South Bay shaper that's shaping for those waves. They gave away a board as a prize, you know? So I think I'd like to see more about that. And it's also on the educational side for people who don't know uh, much about surfboard shaping, like maybe there's a way to do little 
not a tutorial necessarily, but see what shaping is about, uh, you know, a, a little display or something like showing what a piece of foam starts as and then how it winds up being a board, you know. I think that's important for people that are just stumbling upon the contests and these festivals so that they really have an appreciation for what goes into the craft uh, behind everything. The festivals I've seen have a lot of success are the ones who also incorporate the cultures that aren't directly associated with surfing, but indirectly. For example, the restaurants, the beer companies, the uh, music scene. You know, I think that's where a multi-day also helps in that you could have an event the night before the main contest, if you will, at one of the restaurants with like, you know, local chefs, or you could have an art gallery show with local artists you know, that's, that are associated with surfing. Uh, I think that's important, you know, that gets overlooked a lot of times. I've seen it happen at certain festivals. I know Noosa does a really good job of it where they incorporate a lot of wellness companies into it uh, that are local, a lot of retailers. Uh, I'd like to see more of that, you know, because then it really makes an experience for everyone because you got to think about it, you know, as much as these festivals are for like this hardcore surf people, they also have to be for the people that br they bring with them. So you you think about it like a person like me, you know, I have a wife and a kid. So if this is gonna be something that I stay at all day long or for multi days, there has to be things for them to do. And I think that's a good way to do it. The other thing is for people who are traveling there, it gives them a chance to really appreciate and experience the local cuisine, the local art, the local music, and you know, get turned on by it. And I think, you know, I'd like to see more of that in these festivals, you know, um, really kind of highlight that. This is where it's, you know, I think maybe a little bit more professional marketing needs to go into some of these festivals in that sense, you know, where getting these local businesses, like a lot of these local businesses don't want to do it because, you know, it's tough to stay in business, especially the food industry, but in the long run, it's smart for them because it gets them a whole new audience they might've not had before. So really incorporating the culture. One of the other big things I think nowadays is that the contests and festivals need to do a better job of the video of it and the photographing. A lot of these festivals, you know, happen and there's no video evidence of them whatsoever. So for instance, you know, the duct tape invitational that happened up in, in Tofino, there's like maybe some random photos out there, you know, there's not real video evidence of it. I'd like to see more of that. I think that's the beauty of like, you know, I, I bring up the single thing mingle, like you could look at last year's final heats if you want to. There's videos floating all around, you know, the Noosa festival, the thing they did that was amazing, like the whole thing was televised through their local surf forecasting company. I think we need more of that, you know, there's, there's just like, the, re the reason is you want to document it. You know, you want to document this for the future. The other thing too, is it gets you hyped on the following years. Like if I can't see what the, the, you know, the hot dog or championship looked like, um, and what the waves look like and what the vibe was like, I might not want to go the following year. But if I see videos of these things, like, you know, I'm going to be more hyped on it. Uh, and again, to document it, it I think is really important. Uh, lastly, the core part of a lot of these festivals is the contest thing. And I think it's logging contests aren't as serious and they're more fun from the start. So that makes it good. But I think there needs to be more kind of fun divisions. So for instance, the hot dogger had the hot dogger division where you were surfing these like 60s boards 
and Hawaiian shirts and just kind of having fun and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Uh, you know, at the Noosa, no, at the Byron Bay Festival, they had the, uh, the trim thing that McTavish sponsored. Uh, having things like that makes it a lot of fun, not just for the surfers involved who were surfing that day, but also the spectators because it gives them another thing to look at and to pay attention to. So for instance, if you have, uh, you know, an award for the best nose ride, you'll wind up having people in the audience and the spectators who are watching looking for what's going to be the best nose ride that day. Um, so not just thinking about who gets first place in, in a heat, but really about these little details. And at the end of the day, we want more eyeballs on this thing because us getting more eyeballs on these events helps us to grow the culture the right way. You know, instead of having wave storms crowd the lineup, you're going to get people who are going to go to a local shaper, who are going to get a log, who are going to like study surfing before they even get in the water versus, you know, the wave storm crowd that's like, oh, I saw a WSL contest and I think I could catch an air in two years. So I'm going to buy a wave storm and some shitty O'Neill wetsuit and kind of just crowd up the lineup. These festivals, not only do they keep the culture alive for past generations and the current generation, but they're going to help grow the culture the right way for future generations. So I think it's our responsibility and everyone who's involved in them to make them as good as possible and as appealing as possible so that they highlight all the aspects of the culture that we hold near and dear to us. And I think that's going to help the culture stay alive, but also grow the way that we all want it to grow. But that's enough of my ranting about, um, (laughs) about surf festivals. Um, I have a couple on my docket this year. We're going to probably sponsor the hot dogger again this year, maybe some other ones. Uh, The relic is coming up, uh, which I'll talk about later. Um, But with that, remember, this is the Bodega Border Crew podcast, volume 29. Uh, Make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page, bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode description on your iTunes player for track listings and things we're talking about. Uh, But right now, we're going to get into the rest of the tracks and then check in with you guys in a little bit for some short takes. Peace! Like I'm the 
rock a bye, baby. Listen to your heartbeat pumping to a fine. Ravine of all things, it's the vein of a shrine. On missions impossible or possible, cause I'm headed for a new sector 365. Days from now, I'll wipe the sweat from my eye. And each and every tree will stick a fall from the skies of my cloud nine. From homies all the way to ticks, no matter how fine. Controlling it's a stolen way to wreck a proud mind. You hold it in your hands and watch a man start crying. Tear after tear in the puppet man's hands. Every time you take a stance, you do the puppet man's dance. And the world's at a standstill. Deep in broken man's bill, trapped in the boat with an anvil still. Killing yourself and dogging your help. You ain't amphibious, so grab a hold of yourself. But through my will, my flow still will spill. Toxic slip to shock sick like electrocute. When I execute acutely over the rhythm on those that pollute. Extra dosages is what I gotta give them. Got them mad and trembling. Cause I've been up in my lab assembling. Missiles to bomb the enemy because they envy me in the making of my mad currency. Currently, I think we're in the state of an emergency. Cause niggas didn't sold they souls and now they souls is hollow. And I think they can't follow, they can't swallow the truth because it hurts. This is how I put it down. This is my earth, my turf. The worth of my birth is a billion. And you know what time it is. I'm gonna make a million. Yeah, you know what time is it? Yeah.
girls just be good to me. But if I ever saw one, that would be the end. He couldn't kick the storyline if she was just a friend. The girls, I didn't care if I don't lie. See, cause Georgie was into making young girls cry. Less. When I dress, there's never nothing less than guests. Kobe walk. 
walking with a bop and my hat turned back. Love committing sins and my friends sell crack. This nigga raps with a razor, keep it under my tongue. The school dropout, never like this shit from day one. Cause life ain't shit but stress, fake niggas and crap stunts. So I guzzle my hand and see why pulling on mad blunts. The brutalizer, brutalizer, accelerator. The type of nigga who be pissing in your elevator. Somehow the rap game reminds me of the crack game. Used to sport valleys and gazelles with black frames. Now I'm into fat chain sex and text. Plot new chicks and new kicks. Heinies and bags. is about before the BDP conflict with MC Shan around the time with Shantae just the real rocks in I used to wake up every morning and see my crew on the block every day's a different plan that had us running from cops if it wasn't hanging out in front of cocaine spots we was at the candy factory breaking the locks nowadays I need the green and the flash just like the next man fuck a yard guard let me see a hundred grand could use a gun some but fuck being a wanted man but if I hit rock bottom then I'ma be the son of Sam they call the crew to get live too with Sue my brother jungle big bro cooks up the blow mike a chop it mayo you count the profit my shit is on the streets this way the jakes are never stop it is your brain on drugs to all fly bitches and thugs enough respect to the projects i'm ghost one love My crew the shorty busters, the 41st side of burning posse, the good fellas, my man Core Mega, Lakey the Kid, can't forget drawers, the hillbillies, my man Slate, Wallet Head, Black J, Big Oogie, Crazy Barrier Spot, Big Dog, we rock shit a lot, Malachi, PhD, and my man Primo, from Gangstar, 94 Real Shit Charles, Border Crew Podcast, Volume 29. Hope you guys have been enjoying the tracks that I've been laying down for you this week. I know it's been a little while, so I think I'm uh, kind of going on one particular path with a lot of this uh, 90s stuff. Um, you know, jazz influenced, uh, the stuff I grew up on, the stuff that I always find closest to my heart uh, whenever I need to pick me up. And uh, so I put those in there this week. Uh, but let's do a little housekeeping. This is the Bodega Border Crew Podcast, Volume 29. Uh, make sure to check us out on Instagram at Bodega Border Crew. Make sure to check out our page at bodegabordercrew.podbean.com, as well as the full episode description on iTunes for track listings and things we're talking about. 
And uh, things we're going to talk about this week are some short takes. The first short take I have this week is this interview that was done uh, with Mike D uh, over at, uh, I believe it was Vox, uh, which was really interesting because, as you guys know, Mike D from the BC Boys lives and surfs out here in uh, LA, uh, Malibu area. Uh, mostly that whole point doom scene uh and so forth uh but he talks about how surfing has become his outlet uh creatively since uh the bc boys were disbanded because of the passing of mca and i think it's a really interesting thing he talks about there because i me myself being a former musician i get what he's saying um in terms of the improvisation and all that and the rush you get from um surfing on waves big, small, whatever. Uh, it's why I go out almost every day, no matter what the conditions are. And I think it's a good read also for on a music level. He talks about producing stuff, uh, as well as he has a funny analogy, uh, or a funny thing that he mentions about 311. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about the interview, but I think you guys should check it out. I have a link to it, uh, on our page as well as in our episode description. The next short take I have is a link to a video that uh, Dan's surf videos put up of Emmerich Ishikawa surfing this twin fin uh, on the North Shore. Uh, first of all, Emmerich Ishikawa is like probably one of the most interesting surfers over there uh, that people kind of know about. Um, you see him in the lineups here and there, uh, but he surfs these really goofy looking twin fins, these double enders uh, that he, I believe he's making himself with these really weird fins no leash and waves of consequence with great style a lot of cheater fives uh i think it's really cool to check out the video i also think you should subscribe to dan's surf videos he has some of the coolest north shore videos i've ever seen uh recently he posted up a video of of kelly slater uh ripping lonnie's uh he there's a lot of people that are consistent surfers on his videos like Kai Silas and uh, Hanalo uh, Bloomfield. Uh, Rosie Jeffers appears in some of them. Uh, definitely subscribe to his videos, which we have a link to, but check out this twin fin video. Uh, it's it's kind of long, but it's really fun to watch. For me, I love watching it because it's the, it's the shape of the wave in Hawaii that I love. Like, it's a wave of consequence. Even I think even smaller waves there are waves of consequence for some reason because there's so much water behind them. But they're so beautiful to surf down that that part of it just disappears out of your mind. You don't even think about it. Um, you get lost in just this intoxicating kind of hypnotic beauty of going down the line and hitting the lip and looking over your shoulder and seeing this beautiful island and this beautiful landscape. You know, for me, it's part of the reason I love Hawaii and his videos really do highlight that a lot and I think you guys should check them out. The next short take I have has to do with the Surf Relic. Uh, the Surf Relic uh, contest happened last year in Malibu. It was, it, it was controversial in the sense that for some people because it had both uh, high pro longboarding and logging in it, uh, which, you know, my personal taste is obviously to the logging thing. I really am not that into high pro, uh, but it's kind of cool to see that out there as well. Um, the one thing I have to say about the contest, because we went to it, uh, which was really cool. It was one of the best put together contests I've ever been to. And I've been to shitloads of WSL contests uh, all over the place. 
so th that was really cool. Um, and they also had amazing competitors. Tyler Warren won the men's logging division. Uh, but Alex Nos was there. You know, you had amazing women, amazing men surfing there. Um, so I was looking forward to seeing what was going to happen because I know people involved with it have told me that it was their grand scheme to like do more events throughout the year. And it was officially announced that they're going to be having two events for 2018. And the two events are uh, June 15th, I believe in first point Malibu. And then September 9th is the beginning of the waiting period at lower trestles, uh, which is interesting because the WSL has taken the trestle events off the calendar. So this is replaced it. I believe, I believe it's the same time period. Um, so I wonder if it's just, it was just a permit exchange. Uh, but that's, you know, that's the boring bullshit. You don't want to hear about that. But anyway, I'm excited about the relic, uh, because it does bring together a lot of loggers. Uh, I also am excited about it because there's a money purse there. That's pretty significant for the men and the women that they don't get at a lot of contests. And as much as I love the smaller festivals, there's just not the money in it there for them. And if any of you guys know surfers, the people that we all look up to and surf with every day that we think are, you know, or know are the premier people in the industry actually don't make a lot of money. So it's nice to see a contest footing the bill when they can. Uh, again, I'm looking forward to it. I think the other thing too, that's interesting when I looked at their website was there's a way to basically get an invitation in. they have like four slots per contest where you send in videos or links to like your Instagram videos of you surfing. And I think that's kind of interesting because you could wind up getting some like unknown person from like the Outer Banks or something who rips that nobody knows about who gets a invitation to go to this contest. Um, so I thought that was really cool. But anyway, uh, we have a link to their website. Make sure to check it out. I think you guys will dig it. Um, I can't wait to check it out in June um, and in September. And I'm glad it's actually happened in California so I could go to both of them uh, very easily. The last short take I have this week is for an event coming up in April called Agua for Nicaragua. Uh, Agua for Nicaragua is an event uh, that's happening April 12th uh, from 6 to 11 p.m. at the Mar Vista Art Department, uh, 12513 Venice Boulevard. Uh, it's 100% of the proceeds are going to Waves for Water. Uh, we're, we know about it because our boys at uh, Nicaragua Craft Beer are actually putting the event together and they're donating beer. So I believe there'll be lots of beer um, and their products really, really good. So it's kind of worth it uh, just for the entry fee, just to go there um, and check it out. Uh, the other thing too, is they're gonna have a bunch of live music and a DJ plus a silent auction. That's gonna feature a bunch of work from uh, local shapers as well as uh, pieces from the lost and found uh, uh, collection. Uh, if you guys don't know what the lost and found collection, it's some guy basically found a bunch of film at the i believe at the pasadena flea market and it was all these photos of like larry burlman um jerry lopez uh buttons like all this north shore amazingness um and plus some other photos that someone had shot and uh they're making prints of it there was a book that came out um about it, which was really cool. I'm hoping to have the person involved with Lost and Found uh, uh, do an interview here uh, soon. Uh, but anyway, the event is really uh, to give money to Waves for Water. Waves for Water, if you don't know, their main objective is to supply uh, 
clean drinking water in places that don't have it by giving communities filters and showing them how to use them. So a lot of them are really cool or just like hand filters that you can run like dirty water through and it like gives you like clean drinkable water. Clean drinkable water, believe it or not, is a commodity that we have a huge issue with in this world. And you know, we're so accustomed to like flipping a, a tap open and water's gonna just flow out and it's gonna be clean. And a lot of these places, they don't have that ability. And water is the foundation to all health and wellness. And babies are getting sick and thus adults are getting sick and uh, diseases are being spread because there's no clean water. Um, so please come out to the event. I know I'll be there. You could say hi to me. Again, it's April 12th from 6 to 11 p.m. It's at the Mar Vista Art Department, uh, 12513 Venice Boulevard. We will have a link uh, in, our, uh, in our podcast description as well as on our page to directly buy tickets for it. I believe they're $15. It's $15 for a good cause. You're going to be hanging out with a lot of people in the surfing community. There's going to be a silent auction that's pretty cool. Um, there's going to be great music and there's going to be free beer. 15 bucks, I don't know about you, but 15 bucks usually is about two to three, two beers, you know, on the cheap side. I could pretty much finish two to three beers pretty fast. Um, so, I mean, you're getting your money's worth on that level. So definitely check it out. And I'm really stoked that Nicaragua Craft Beer is putting on that event uh, for Ways for Water and helping the people out in Nicaragua. But that's it for this week. Um, this episode, I shouldn't say this week, I should say this episode because I don't know if we're going to make this weekly anymore. Uh, because I want to put out quality content. I don't want to put out lame content. I want to put like interesting stuff together. Uh, I'm going to mess around with the format in the next couple of weeks. I think I'm going to mix interviews up with, you know, discussions I'm having with people. I'm recording some discussions uh, that I'll be publishing on here. Um, just because I've developed relationships with some of these people and it's fun to just, you know, a lot of times we'll be sitting in the parking lot of like Venice or Topanga and we'll just like talk about shit and I'm just gonna start recording them and putting them on here. So they're not really gonna be uh, interviews per se. They're just gonna be like kind of surf talk sessions. Um, but there'll still be some interviews coming up and I'm working on some of those. Uh, I just wanna let you know about our project that we're doing with LawGrap called Lucy's. Uh, it's on its way. We just haven't had really good waves um, to to shoot. Uh, if anybody out there who's part of the Bodega Border Crew family wants to be part of the video, uh, just message me through Instagram. I know we're collecting clips from people and we're trying to set up shooting schedule with the waves. Uh, Ryan from LogRap is doing the best he can. We're hoping that we'll shut down filming on it in the next, I think, five weeks um, and maybe put it out in seven to eight weeks. Um, so that's going along. It's just a lot, it's a lot, a lot more different than I expected working on a surf video. Um, it's my first one out. I've worked on, you know, friends and homies, like skate videos and stuff like that, where it's like, as, as much as that takes a long time because you're just trying to land tricks. Most of it is like, if you're going out filming, you're going out filming, you usually get something, you know, I'm really learning the way of with surf videos is like, there are some days you go out there and it's just fucking garbage and there's you can't get anything and no matter what you do and you just have to deal with mother nature and you have to walk away you know we were hoping that we were gonna have some sano filming days and like it was flat it was flat and people showed up and we had people to shoot and it just didn't work out um so you know that's taken a little bit longer than we wanted to but lucy's is well on its way uh there's also another project that i'll be announcing probably in a month um that'll be really interesting uh that 
isn't necessarily an extension of this podcast, but this podcast will be involved with it. Um, so I look forward to that. Uh, also working on the, the, the line, the collection is coming together. Uh, some of it, I'm kind of sneaking peeks of it on the, our Instagram story. So make sure to check it out there. Um, and that's about it. Uh, just want everybody to try to find some waves, <laughs> to be honest. It just hasn't been that great. And we've just been scraping at anything we can have. But whether the waves are good, whether the waves are bad, just remember one thing, there's no need to bust a craze on a wave. Uh, look at your fellow surfers, smile, say hi. Um, if you burn someone by accident, um, Jacqueline, sorry, I burnt you this morning a couple of times. <laughs> I was a little antsy. Um, you know, just turn around, smile, say hi, say sorry, and just make sure you don't ha make it happen again. Um, but with that, I'm gonna leave you with some tracks to, you know, hopefully, uh, keep you calm during the rest of your car ride, uh, maybe on your way to go surfing, and I'll check in with you guys in the next episode. Peace! Jump off, ain't nothing sweet, just jumped off, frontin' like you won't get deaded and bumped right, off. Plastic sun, master guns that'll run up with plastic ones, then go crash in the slums. One tight army, few good men that'll rep and beige strongly. Prince of Wales swimming right, on feet, props to sell all yellow L's. Cocks sleeping on nails, niggas get realer than real. Yo, flash the brown, last time is crown. All Navy Woolridge, wool kicks, moving in pounds. Yo, lasso niggas, great adventures of my niggas in Castro pictures. Sending the rash out the ditches, light the wind, invite the grin, watch niggas. We bite the trend, boom niggas did it again, yo Unholly tank, die cast metal frame Lame, let another man with eat handle beat Chamber music, fucking the party up in Chamber music, fucking the party up in Yo, spark the intro, relevant info Load up the keyboard, 105 tempo Most heated battles are blasted in seas Some said that the bullets flew by like angry bees We went it on the level where we would wait and listen When one flash metal, eight calculate positions The world snapped once we combine our rap 
drastic measures, priceless treasures on map, a sword swing, wind chill, Mount Airy, native plant standing on the tall grass prairie, snares and kicks, off the project breaks, it's no act, the producer played the role with drumsticks, the warning came unnoticed, it's like a shot at the dock of the bay and slake odors, the nine lotus, each one adjusts to his own environment, formulate this great LP, a hundred rounds spent, niggas bent on a fruitless search for nourish men, they long for the proper guidance, encourage men, chamber music, fuck in the party up in, chamber music, fuck in the party up in, chamber music, fuck in the party up in, chamber music, fuck in the party up it be the lost tribe, seven days locked in the dungeon, foaming at the mouth, mad dog in this production, the uncontrolled substance, got me spitting up bars, disgusting, the last temptation of the son of David Ruffin, hold my mic sideways when bussing, on judgment day, running through hell, yelling and cussing, at MC's in my circumference, y'all niggas handcuffing these hoes, and ain't read them, they rights or nothing, keep lusting, yeah, and I'ma keep hustling, and chamber music, fuck it, the party up in, you know me, every time you kiss that hoe, you blow me, and blow trial, trying to walk a mile in my county, chamber music, fuck it, the party up in, chamber music, fuck it, the party up in, chamber music, fuck it, the party up in, chamber music, fuck it, the party we just touched down, we shuttle private jet, step off the plane, the world wept. Roll with the witty unpredictable, talent or natural, rock with the Beatles and hip hop, mathematical imperial manifestation of greatness, make wizards scream and shout, at the top of their breath of life essence, captured on tape is precious, less might cure deafness, awake from your secret state, when the guard bring rain, hail, snow to the earthquake. I got a fly hoe up under 
to the wing. I swing it and does a thing. And if you step inside my ring, she'll bang it out and make your brains hang. She sits at restaurant tables with me, foxes and sables. Drinking Chambray brand labels. She rock a sucker's cradle and yeah, honey is more bounce to the ounce. She walks around with Lucci and large amounts. Millions of sauce with bank accounts. Her name is Tammy. Got a beach house in Miami. Rides around with a small jammy in a silk and satin panties. A down hoe, a foxy brown hoe standing up ground hoe. And if you're clown, yo, she turn into a bus around. I'll fly as a heaven's angel. Got sapphires and a bangles. Diamond earrings hanging dangle. Getting money from all angles. She's pretty under the New York City bright lights. In real life, way after midnight. I hit it cause the slit's tight. Wake up early and make my rounds. Break a brick down. Back in the silver four pounds. Some clowns be trying to get down. Light up a smoke and grab a stack of C-Nos. Those slick stick up kids don't get no free though. Broke cause I ain't trying to be broke. I go so loud for G-Rap in this honey. Nothing's funny. It's a damn shame what I gotta do to now get the money. Now it's a damn shame. What I gotta do just to make it right. 